Welcome to episode one, two, three of the Juice Box Podcast. This episode is sponsored today by Dexcom, my absolutely favorite continuous glucose monitor in the whole world, and Omnipod, a tubeless insulin pump like no other. You're going to hear more about both of them a little later in the show, but you can check out myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox if you'd like to find out more. Today's episode is with Caitlin. Caitlin is a legit ballerina. She spins on her toes for a living. And she has type 1 diabetes. She was diagnosed in her late 20s. Little story, little getting to know you, little management stuff. I met Caitlin in New York City. You remember a long time ago when Arden was invited to ring the NASDAQ bell with Dexcom, and Caitlin was there as well. And I just, I don't know, I saw her across the room at lunch afterwards, and she had a great spirit about her, and I asked her to be on the podcast, and here she is. Nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, very good, actually. I uh, I got the, um, but the CGM says this, and it's been right all day. And uh, <laughs> I know, I know. She is so lucky to have somebody like you no, who is keeping tabs. No, seriously, yeah. I want you to do mine. Yeah. <laughs> Where Will would you, you like me to get your A1C to? <laughs> I'll send you my share code. Okay. Well, don't worry. You get my my Dexcom Cl- Clarity Share app, and you can follow me too. You'll you'll enjoy getting a text from me at two thirty in the morning that wants to move a one twenty blood sugar to like one hundred. <laughs> you will hate me if you ha- get my Dexcom Clarity app. It, not, you will hate. Not me. at all. I always like the moments when. By the way, we're just gonna recording. We're recording now. So. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I I just um there was there was this moment the other night where. My wife and I were like, you know, do you want to watch like a television show together? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, that's not as exciting as what we did as children, but th- this is fine. Like, like we'll watch TV <laughs> once. And my son comes downstairs like five minutes before we're going to kind of like my wife's going to put her laptop away and I'm going to stop uh-huh. clean, cleaning the house and things like that. And my son comes down and says to my wife, hey, can you just shave my head real quick? <laughs> and, my, and my wife's like, yeah, we'll just real quick shave your head. So she disappears upstairs. Comes but back. Had he been had he been shaving his head before? He does or was it, this like out of the blue? No, with the buzzer. He like that's how I don't okay. think listen, in fairness, I've never paid for a haircut for the boy, so it's not that bad. Um but so, Right, but I'm just I didn't know if this was like a regular occurrence or if all of a sudden he's like, Hey mom, can you shave my head? No, 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 like, se- semi semi regular, but just you know, it was it was like nine o'clock and you're like, uh, all right. So she goes yeah. and disappears, she does that, she comes back down. She sits down. I see her get this, like, she goes, oh, I, I wanted to get a drink. And I was like, you know what? I'll get your drink. And I got up and I got her a drink and I came back and we settled in. And she's like, how's Arden? I said, oh, she's in bed. Her blood sugar's great. We're ready to go. And my wife picks up the remote for the TiVo and, like, holds it forward. And then I heard oh. beep, beep. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh. I was like, how did that happen? And so- <laughs> what happened? I don't know what happens. She's, you know, hormones liver yeah. body function i don't know she just her blood sugar started drifting up 
And I was like, oh, so I said, hold on, I'm just going to go upstairs and, and give her some insulin. So I went upstairs, I gave her insulin, I came back down. Now my wife's out back letting the dog out. <laughs> oh, it's one thing after another. <laughs> it it's like a stop. comedy of errors. It never stops. You know what? Life never stops. And it's just, I really realized it's, ha- oh, and as there's, you know, alarms going off outside. Have you stolen um, something? <laughs> No, not yet. Um, but it just, it doesn't, it never stops. And so you really just have to like constantly ride the wave. Yeah. And, and to, to my, to your point, and the reason I sort of brought it up was it'd be really easy to say, oh God, that thing beeps at the worst times. But my, my thought was in, in a 45 minute, you know, situation, my son, my dog's diabetes, mm-hmm. like it all, everything needed something. It's just that the dog doesn't beep at you. So no. it's, you know, it just looks at you with that sad face. Like, dude, I really got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I, I see you looking chill on the sofa, but um, I got to get gotta outside. Go. Like, yeah, I, I, I could tell you this, but I got to go. <laughs> if you want, I'll start filling the room with some farts to give you the idea. But I think you just want to just let me outside now, you know? <laughs> so, oh, Oh my god. So at least I'm the so Dexcom sorry. doesn't at least the Dexcom doesn't admit like a stinky gas to let you know your blood sugar. Is Absolutely. <laughs> it just has this amazing beeping. Yeah, 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 no. That's funny. All right, by the and way. I've got in the habit of so I eat the I you know, I try and follow the all natural approach, mm-hmm. but you know, I literally just ordered transcend glucose gel something or other on Amazon, which I haven't tried yet, but I hear it's great. But I usually try and do the the holistic, like a little fruit strip or something. And I keep them. Yes. Yes. I live in New York. We should, um, we should tell people <laughs> that Caitlin lives in, in the city. I live in New York and that's what it's like all the time. Uh, <laughs> Talk about distractions. No, I think that's um, fantastic. Usually it's the dog making noises in the background, so this is much better, actually. I'm like, what is going on outside right now? Um, and I'm in a good area, too. So, um, <laughs> but I I try and do, like, the holistic approach, you know, with these little, like, fruit strip things, yeah. and all natural, whatever. And I know if my Dexcom is waking me up, urgent low, urgent low, and I know if I eat one, I know I'm going to be up at another, you know, 20 minutes mm. or hour because I've just dropped right back down. And it's like, it's like the quick fix, yeah. you know, that gives me like a couple more minutes of sleep, but I know I'm going to be up again. <laughs> I know and it's- thankfully it happens, you know, I mean, I feel like I get on these trends and it'll happen for like a week or two weeks and then I'll, I'm going to break and then it'll happen again. But, and then all of a sudden it, it stops and starts and you can't figure out why or, yeah, yeah you just have yeah. to, you just have to go with it. I think I will it. I think I will it myself you know if you like think about something so much then it happens and I know like I get into these patterns where I go to sleep and I'm like I know I'm gonna be up at 3 a.m you know with an urgent low and it happens (laughs) always I get in these patterns I'm 100% sure you're not willing your blood sugar around but (laughs) (laughs) if only we could will it around then it would be much easier that would be oh that would be so much easier I would also want myself slightly taller and um, right, you know, and a couple of right. other things too. <laughs> oh so I have to tell you, I have started. Well, not really officially yet, but I have an Omnipod on me right now. Oh, do you? You using the? Uh, you tried the Demopod? Or no, you- I have. So my doctor, they do like as part of the Omnipod training. They, I wear it for a week, and it has stress saline in it. So I go through the motions of you know giving myself my 
quote unquote insulin, which is right. actually saline. And then I give myself the shots too. Cool. So you do a saline um, test. That's excellent. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. It's great. Kayla, I have. We haven't introduced you yet, and you're almost done I'm doing. So sorry. No, no, you're I'm almost so done sorry. doing all the ads for the podcast right now. You've hit on everyone who's who's, uh, who's, who's going to buy an ad on this podcast. I've had way too much coffee so far today, so that's probably why. No, no, it's good. Trust me, people who listen all the time like it when I shut up. Sometimes it's good if you talk. Uh, oh God. So, so okay, so you know what? Just real quickly. Yes. Eight minutes into it, introduce yourself, and then we'll keep talking about the, the Omnipod. <laughs> Uh, my name is Caitlin Prominsky, and I have. <laughs> Caitlin, you faded out when you said I have type one diabetes. <laughs> I have type one diabetes. There you go. Um, and so, and I met you in Manhattan for when Dexcom did the Nasdaq opening bell. You and yeah, Arden were, were both so invited to fun. be there. Yeah, and so and so while we were talking, I was like, "You should come on the podcast sometime." And and I was like, "Okay, now here great. you are." Right, right. Um, yeah. And so you're. I found you really interesting and thought about you for the podcast initially because you are a you are a ballet dancer and not like you take classes like people pay. You. I am a ballet dancer. Right, right, yeah. right. And I've had a number of performers on the podcast in the past. And they're usually younger kids, and they all they all sort of. They're scared or worried that, you know, the, you know, the director of their play or the director of their recital or whatever is going to see their insulin pump or something and just think of them as not capable or not want beeping during the, you know, during something. And, and, and right. they end up sort of either not using an insulin pump because of that or trying to hide it a little bit. And I've, I've definitely wanted to talk to you about it because you, you handle things a little differently. But first, why don't, why don't you tell me a little bit about um, how old you were when you were diagnosed and, and I was I was 28 when I was diagnosed. And how old are you now? Pretty late. I am newly 33. Okay. So 5 years. And yes, I just celebrated my 5 year anniversary. Congratulations. And so, you know, because of the leap year scenario, I it was a Friday the 13th again, which it was on my diagnosis, which you only remember because it's Friday the 13th. Yeah, no kidding. Um so that was kind of fun to revisit that day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I give another five years before I get another one. You get another one. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, it was actually really surprising. Um, it's kind of a long and confusing story, but essentially, nutshell, I was dancing with the Pennsylvania Ballet, and in to, the year two thousand and nine, and I got really sick with a swine flu, and ever since. Then, I mean, that was fall of 2009, I got sick mm -hmm. and then never really got better. Um, and that summer is wet. Summer of 2010 is when full blown diabetic diabetes symptoms started happening. Mm -hmm. I remember I was in Europe with my now husband, but with my boyfriend and we were hiking and I remember just being so thirsty and I remember having to go to the bathroom all of the time and being starving and, you know, we're sitting here hiking and I remember him bringing like some bottles of water and I was like, that's all you're going to bring? Like, that's not going to be enough for me. And um, so looking back, it's amazing that I can kind of pinpoint when the symptoms started happening mm -hmm. because then those stayed with me, you know summer of 2010 until January 2012 until I figured out what was actually wrong. With and that's me. crazy. So you went nearly two years probably in some 
throes of diabetes or another before you were actually diagnosed? Oh, absolutely. I mean, from, you know, they always talk about a honeymoon period, which I totally missed, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking from summer of 2010, it was full blown. There was no, it never let up. It only got worse and worse and worse and worse. I had crazy infections and I was dancing. And so uh, habitually, I mean, this is kind of gross, but habitually I would always get soft corns because of my point shoes and trying to heal a soft corn with a blood sugar of, I don't know, probably five or 600 doesn't happen. And so I got a staph infection and it was just a nightmare. I was losing crazy amounts of weight. Um, I was, you know, starving and eating a ton and I would leave, I remember I would go to the bathroom, probably, and I always call it like huge Austin Powers bladders, because you remember when Austin Powers woke up from his time machine? And I can't remember if this was Austin Powers 1 or Austin Powers 2, but he go he urinates forever. And he like, he stops, and then he starts again, and then he stops, and, then he's, and that's what I literally felt like it was five times an hour going yeah. to the bathroom. Yeah, I, I, I want to say, as long as we're going to talk about gross stuff, and we've started off with, apparently you kissed a pig and got sick one time, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and, but my, my, my friend... <laughs> I have a pet pig, I didn't tell you. <laughs> I, my, my buddy, before he, he is type 1, but before he was diagnosed when we were kids, he would stand at a urinal and it would take so long, sometimes I'd see him put his head forward and lean on the wall because yes. it was just, he was just like, I, this is, I guess this isn't going to stop. You, you it's know? unbelievable. You're like... Aren't I finished? Yeah. Why am I still going? Right, right. Well, I'm really still not finished. Mm-hmm. It's like you're so ready to go that, you know, it's just it's unbelievable how mm-hmm. long it actually takes well, when you are in that state. So the one question I get I, that hits me from your story is how do you go that long without really ending up in DK? Do you think it's just the activity? Were you just moving so much you were probably just keeping yourself just under DKA probably the entire time. 110. That is the only thing that I can think of right. is what kept me alive because I was rehearsing six hours a day plus, you know, a two hour ballet class in the morning right. or doing a show. And now that I have my nifty Dexcom, well, even before I realized it, but now it's really fun to see whenever I do a performance. I always drop a hundred points after without doing anything and it's everything coming down. And I think that that is what was happening to me every day because, you know, here I am starving. I had to go see a nutritionist. Like it was really crazy. And the nutritionist is saying, Oh, well, I think you're filling up on nuts too much, you know, try and have a, a breakfast with more carbs. So here I am eating, like a giant bowl of either oatmeal or um, uh, Greek yogurt with, and if and it, the toppings were the same for the Greek yogurt and the oatmeal, which included strawberries, bananas, a couple spoonfuls of jam, some granola, some nuts. So either way, I was eating either one of one of the two plus a bagel with almond butter every morning. And that I was, and then I was starving by 11. So that was probably eight o'clock in the morning or eight 30 starving by 11, trying to gain weight. So then I ate another two donuts. And then your blood sugar, blah, blah. And then this, back oh, of, course. Yeah, yeah. of course, it's just back and forth. But I was like, donuts or fat pills. This will help me. <laughs> no, nothing. No. Well, that that's fascinating. So when you finally get told you have type one, Right. Was your so first- I had been going. I had been going to the doctor for those two years, 
on and off and on and off. And everybody's saying, oh, you're fine, you're fine. And as dancers, we ignore everything. We will perform with stress fractures, food poisoning. One of my first shows, I had food poisoning and I still performed. Mm -hmm. It was a little tricky with entrances and exits, but it it happened. Your body holds it in, you know, if it really has to. (laughs) So um, every time I went off stage, it didn't hold it in. But anyways, um, the doctors are telling me I'm fine, I'm fine, you should be so lucky that you're eating so much and losing weight, don't worry, you're fine. So I believed them. And I knew, I saw myself fading away from a vision that I once was, you know, because I'm pretty outgoing and I couldn't hold a conversation uh, when meeting new people, I would I would know that I wanted to say all of these things, but I couldn't articulate it coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really bad. Uh, I just I was like, I'm never going to be the person that I once was. And I was coming to terms with that, that I, this is the way my life was going to be from now on. Wow. And so finally, I was in D.C., which is my home. I was at this point, I had left Pennsylvania Ballet and had quote unquote, retired. I retired in um, fall of 2011. And I retired because I didn't enjoy dancing anymore. I was miserable. My body was broken. I couldn't, I was looking back, it was the diabetes that was really, you know, beating me down. I'm not going to lie to you, Basil is snoring in the background and is messing with my ability to do the ad. This is the 19th time I've tried to record this. I'm going to go one more. Omnipod. It is the insulin pump of choice in my opinion. No tubes, small, uh, easy to you know hide under clothing if you want to. How about no tubes? Did I mention the no tubes part? So you're not connected to something. That means that the pump is on you, but you're not attached to a controller that's you know clipped to your belt buckle. Because you know it's 2017, the look really is not any longer to have something clipped to your belt. Honestly, are you a clipped to your belt kind of person? Are you a kind of person who wants to jam their insulin pump in their bra? Uh, that does not sound like fun. How about somebody who wants to feel plastic tubing, this medical tubing snaking all through their clothing out to this device? also does not sound like fun. The Omnipod has none of that. All the Omnipod has is the goodness that you expect with insulin pumping. How about I just watched Arden finish playing in the Little League World Series Regional Tournament. They placed fifth. She did it wearing an Omnipod, sliding, diving, jumping around, no problems. The other night, she was in the hot tub, Omnipod on, no problems, swimming in the with the Omnipod, bathing with the Omnipod, sleeping, softball, running around. No time does she need to be disconnected from her insulin, which I think is insanely important. One of the ways you can make these tiny little adjustments to yourself, keeping your blood sugar right where you want it, is by constantly having access to your insulin. It's important. I don't like disconnecting. Let's go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box to find out more. There you can get a free demo pod. There's no obligation. You can check it out for yourself. See what you think. As most of you know by now, my daughter Arden uses the Dexcom G5 mobile continuous glucose monitoring system that tracks her glucose levels throughout the day and night, notifying her of highs and lows so she can take action. But that's not all it does. Dexcom also has a share feature, so Arden can have up to five loved ones, like her mom and I, track her numbers in real time. No matter where Arden is or what she's doing, she always has backup. Now, if you think that's the kind of peace of mind it seems like something you'd like to know more about, I think you should go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box 
or click on the link in your show notes. I need you to please keep in mind that CGM-based treatment requires finger sticks for calibration, may result in hypoglycemia if calibration not performed, or symptoms, expectations do not match CGM readings. You can always contact Dexcom, toll free, at 877-339-2664 for detailed indications for use and safety information. Okay, so for Omnipod, you want to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or click on the link in your show notes. And for Dexcom, it's dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or again, those links in the show notes. So I retired and I was on tour with my now husband. Um, He was in uh, performing in DC for like six weeks. And so I said, okay, I will go to the doctor one more time because I was going to hit the road. I was going to do school online. I was, you know, I was transitioning. Yeah, changing your life. Yeah, I was transitioning into second career. And so I said, let, I said to myself, let me go to the doctor one more time and try and figure this out because who knows the next time I'm going to be in DC. And I had spoken with my best friend, um, and she's not a doctor. She said, I told her all of my symptoms. Caitlin, I think you have diabetes. I said, I think you're not. I definitely don't have diabetes. I think I used some other choice words, but um, that will work for today. Um, And so she said, when you go to your doctor's appointment, ask for a full blood panel. I said, you know, what's that? I had no idea. So, and she said, you have to make sure that they check your A1C. Uh, So I did. And the doctor called me back. And this was now, I mean, we were in town for six weeks. Of course, I waited to the last minute to do the doctor's appointment. And this was Friday the 13th of 2012 that I was sent to an endocrinologist, made an appointment with the endocrinologist because my results came back and my thyroid was off. And as the nurse calls me, she said, you know, I have uh, to give you my results and tell me I need to go see an endocrinologist because of my thyroid. She goes, I also see, you know, your blood sugar's a little high right here. Uh, so you may just want to mention that to the doctor. And I said, okay, sure. So I, the minute I walked into the endocrinologist's office, they said, oh, so you're here for your diabetes. Oh, no, no, I'm here for my, my thyroid. I apparently have a slow thyroid. And uh, okay, well, you know, let's just sit you down. We're just going to test your blood sugar just to see. And it was 500. I'm sorry, you you cut out for a second. What was it? It was five or 600. I can't exactly because this was, you know, I can't remember. Really high. Really high. She said, so it looks like you have diabetes. And I said, well, what do you mean I have diabetes? How do you know? And she said, well, if your blood sugar is over 120, it means you have diabetes. (laughs) So can I, let me ask you a question. You're 28 years old. When your Mm -hmm. friend says, hey, I think you might have diabetes. And you, you kind of adamantly are like, no, I don't. Yeah. What was that about? Like, how did that hit you? Just I, you didn't want to have it. Was it your age? Was it like what no, about it made she, it unbelievable? She she comes from, and not that she overreacts about anything, ah, but I she see. has a great wealth of knowledge, and she is more. I mean, we are we are like we our mothers met in first grade, so mm. we have spent our entire lives together as sisters more than friends. Right even though we are friends. Um, 
she, I always ignored things and she always faced things head on. Mm-hmm. And she's an amazing social worker now. And it all kind of makes sense of our personalities um, that these are the careers that we've ended up in. But um, I thought it was just another thing that she was spouting off to me. And I was like, oh, whatever, whatever. I definitely don't have it. You're overreacting. Do you remember the time you told me I had dengue fever? And I did, you know, like, like that. Exactly. Yeah, okay, right. Exactly. Like, she's WebMD. Right, right. You know? She's WebMD. But she hit, <laughs> you know? she hit one, though. She must have been thrilled. She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got a bullseye on that one. But she, um, yeah. And then I remember telling her afterwards that that's what had happened. Mm-hmm. So I, anyways, I spent after at the doctor that doctor's office was attached to a hospital and so I went to the hospital or the ER they forced me to go to the ER and I was supposed to leave on tour that Monday and I had to stay in DC for another two weeks three weeks to figure out you know what is a carb and what all of that kind of stuff is I, I left I left actually interesting enough I left the emergency room that night I probably spent I don't know eight hours there mm-hmm. but I don't think that they realized I didn't know I had diabetes and so they let me go and um, a doctor from the office called me that night because you know every bad thing always happens on before a weekend mm-hmm. and um, she said she gave me the little she said you know I need you to go to the drugstore and buy a meter do you know how to test your blood sugar and I was like well it's been done to me you know five times already today I think I can figure it out right. and so I started a meter on my own and um, which you know is not difficult but then she gave me a chart and she said if your blood sugar is over. 300 for, you know, three consecutive readings, you're going to have to, start, and I'm picking three, it was something like that. You're going to have to start insulin shots. And I was like, no, 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 I can't give myself shots. I hate shots, mm. doing shots. And she said, well, then you're going to have to go back to the ER. I'm like, well, I'm definitely not going back to the ER, so I'll have to start the shots on my own. And they called me a prescription in. You know, it happened the next day. They called called me a prescription in. I went over to my uncle's house, and he taught me how to give myself insulin shots because his dog had diabetes. It's such a strange path. He's a a radiologist also, but um, he, he, you know, we go to him for any kind of medical necessity whatsoever. So I started my insulin shots in his kitchen. That's that's such an odd path to it. It's it really is strange. How soon after the insulin started did you find yourself again? Were you were you able to have conversations and, and not just hear something in your head that you wanted to say, but get it out loud? Was it pretty instantly? Mm-hmm. Pretty instantly. Wow. I remember when I was in the emergency room and they were watching my blood sugar go. I mean, they they shot me up with ten units of Humalog immediately, but just sitting there watching my blood sugar go down and. I remember being starving. At that point, I thought I had like a gluten allergy. So I was like, do you have any gluten-free anything for me to eat? And they're like, I don't know. We don't. You know, it was just kind of like. All all the things that you had kind of in your head over the past two years decided were probably the reasons you weren't feeling well. Exactly. And so I just remember being like starving and thirsty in the emergency room. And um, I was just, it took me another five months to realize that I wanted to start three to five months that I wanted to start performing again. Okay. So I was living on the tour, just kind of like trying to figure out diabetes, um, kind of by myself. And, 
I realized as my, you know, my blood sugar started getting more regulated, I was like, I'm not finished dancing. And at that point, you know, I was 28 and yeah, I was 28 when I was, I had just turned 28. Did I tell you 27? No, 28. Yeah, 28, sorry. Um, I realized that I, I couldn't go back to ballet because I had a torn uh, hip, which I still have. But in ballet, the way that you have to manipulate your body, I would have had to have hip surgery. So I'm thinking, well, I'm 28, do my hip surgery, and then it'll take me a year to come back. And I was like, do I really want to come back to ballet when I'm 30 years old? Mm-hmm. Just because that's old for a dancer. Uh, most dancers retire when they're about 28. I mean, depending on where you are in your career. Um, certainly people dance there when they're 40, but 40 is really, that's the top number. Okay. Um, and so my husband was on a, a tour of a musical and I like, I think do musical theater, it looks really fun. I can still dance. I can still perform. So five months after my diagnosis, I moved to New York and started doing musical theater. And occasionally I do ballet for musical theater, but it's very different than being, you know, my body can handle Just it. Just short bursts um, of it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Very different than being in a ballet company all of the time. That's crazy. So, so yeah, it's still really, I'm really fun to do. I'm glad that I decided to keep on performing. Well, so you said, you said earlier that you're doing a saline test of an Omnipod right now. And, and getting <laughs> yeah. Ready to, were you using a different pump before that, or was, is this you going no. from injections? This is me going from shots to non-shots. Oh. And I'm, it is so easy, and I'm so excited about it. Um, before, I was like, well, I can't wear a pump because of my dancing, and I do, you know, in all of the shows, there's a lot of partnering, so I'm sitting here imagining my, like, you know, tubes popping out and getting tangled and stuck, and a whole myriad of disasters. And so that's why I'm really excited about the Omnipod because there's no tubes. It's like twice the size of my Dexcom. And uh, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. I'm really, I, I just love, like, because I'm practicing. And so I was out yesterday and I, you know, pumped up my saline to pop in. And it's just so much easier than taking out your little diabetes bag and finding your insulin pen and finding the needle and screwing it all in and finding a shoulder. Like I am so sick of being on the subway or being, actually I was in, um, I went to go see a taping of Kelly live with Kelly the other day. And I had to give myself my Lantus, you know, when I was there and this girl sitting behind me was like, Oh my gosh, she just gave herself a shot (laughs) as if I had done something horrible. And I was like, I just, I can't deal with this anymore. People think I'm shooting up drugs or something. Like I can't do this anymore. Yeah, well, I guess how many times do you want to look up and say to somebody, Hey, no, I'm just, I I know. It's like, you know, you don't want to. Yeah. And, And at the same time, it's funny because at the same time, who cares what they think? And, and yet, Oh, I do yeah. not. I mean, that's right. why I do it right there because I yeah. don't care and I'm not going to, you know, leave my seat to go to the bathroom to do it in private. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. This is, uh, uh, this is the way of life. And if I'm at like a fine restaurant, I kind of try and do it in my leg or in my stomach, like a little bit under the table. So I'm not really just whipping it out and doing it in the back of the arm. Right, right. Um, but I, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't, but it's kind of hard on like a, subway for instance <laughs> if i'm having like a situation on the subway that i really need some insulin for you know that's that's quite the balancing act right but i'm really excited about Good just whipping something out that's and cool. dialing it in well i think what you'll find is maybe a bigger benefit because you, you joked earlier that you know you 
like somebody else to take care of your blood sugar for you. But I think what, what you're going to find is, um, I think what you, hold on a second. Let me, uh, my son is texting me and I'm going <laughs> to tell him, hold on what we're doing here. Cause he's, does he want you to shave his head again? Sarcastically. He's like, do you want to know how good I am at calculus? Which, um, it means he's yes. going to say, all right, hold on a second. I don't know. All right. Hold on. Yes. We want to know. Yes, we do. I was not very good at calculus. I don't know. I said, no, I said, no, no. He goes, no, my, go, go ahead. You see, but he, no, my, my brother who was in high school. So I took calculus online, um, when I was doing online courses for college and, um, my younger brother had to help me with my calculus. He was in high school at the time. He's like, but uh, he's like, Oh, you're doing the podcast. That I can't wait till another time. And I said, no, me and the person on the show are, we're waiting <laughs> we want to know. Let's go. Let's. I, I can't live another minute without yeah, knowing how good Nothing goes forward him. until we find this out. Hopefully, it's not this embarrassing <laughs> score. <laughs> I got a 63. Um, here we go. He's typing. I, do love, I love the three little dots in messaging that just let you know someone's typing. I know. It makes it, it, it just... But what about when they type for a really long time and then they disappear? I don't like that. Also, there's and then they type, and then you get like one sentence. You're like, "Well, no, what were you actually going to say to me?" Did you know there's an animated GIF that you can send? It's the three dots flashing, and uh, so they, I so. love that. <laughs> I need to send that to my young friend Alex. I will get it for you. Send it to you. It's it's the first I time you use it. It's hilarious. <laughs> she teaches me about all things um, phone, mm -hmm. iPhone. And uh, I mean, I'm still sporting the iPhone five. I really just can't. Um, we needed to get I'm, you. I'm, I'm a late adopter, I guess. Mm -hmm. But she she taught me about gifts yesterday. Oh, actually. okay. Well, what yeah. I was going to say while he's typing his opus here, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, come on, tell us. Um, uh, what I would say is that once you move to this to a pump, when you start figuring out how to manipulate your basils and to, to get better, like to bump a number, that's when you're going to stop getting those lows because, you know, you're going to say, you know, I'm 120. I really wish I was 90. Instead of bolusing, you can just kind of do a temporary increased basal that'll drift you down. Or, I know. or when your so blood sugar cool. like sits at 80 and you really wish it would just come up to 90, but you don't want to eat something, you can kind of cut your basal almost off for a half an hour and see if it doesn't drift back up. That's, I know. that stuff's going to be great. Um, and wh while I feel like that aspect of it is a little bit intimidating, like, you know, the percent, like my educator was talking to me yesterday about the, per or yet Monday, about the percentages. I'm, I I'm a little nervous about it, but I know that I'll get the hang of it. It's just <laughs> a different way of thinking. It's the same game. It's like writing with your left hand. I'm telling you, right once you start figuring out how to manipulate the insulin um, like that, and the pump makes it, I mean, the Omnipod makes it so much simpler because you can give yourself tiny little bumps and start thinking yeah. about bumping your Dexcom line around instead of, you know, instead of waiting for something for a 180 before you're like, okay, I can bolus for that. Now you can see like a 120 diagonal up and go, you know, I know I can figure out just enough insulin to stop this and, and just bring it I back. Know. So it's, it's going to be really exciting for you. Okay. You want the answer? Yeah. All right. All right, listen, he's, he sounds a little cocky. This is a long text. Okay. He's going to kill me for putting this on the podcast. I walked into a quiz day not knowing how to do anything. He went over one problem for three separate types of problems we had to do on the quiz. I made sense of it in 15 minutes, and I think I just got 100 on the quiz. Finished first in the class, and it's a class full of just seniors and me. He's an underclassman. So, yeah, so he's pretty excited. Matt. 
I only half understood that, but that sounds awesome. Sounds like he went into the room not knowing that there was going to be a quiz. And once he found out there was going to be a quiz, he didn't know what they were being quizzed on. He taught himself the he, whole thing. He taught himself that one equation. They went over it and a couple times and he figured it out. And then, and he thinks. Oh my. Mari Pants McGee. Next, next week he'll be like, I got like a 40 on that test. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You have to text me. You have to text me the, the three dots. He's really good. Me. I'll send you the three dots. You'll know it's and me. Tell, and tell me what he got. <laughs> he, uh, he's really, he's very good at math. That seems to be where he's strongest. So uh, anyway, well, that was a long way around it. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts. And I, I feel a little, um, I, I know that this, like, there's a lot of conflicting theories with sugar surfing. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts? So when about a year ago now, somebody, somebody, a lot of people were sending me messages. You have to have Dr. Ponder on your show to talk about sugar surfing. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know who he was. And I, but I knew I was getting a lot of correspondence from people. And I thought, well, hey, you know, if that's what people want to hear about, sure. I reached out to the guy. We get it all set up. I know he's talking the first 10 minutes of the podcast. And all I could think is, this is what I do. I don't call mm -hmm. it something. I didn't write a book mm -hmm. about it. Maybe I should have. But I, I, I was like, I, you know, I don't call it something. I'm like, but this is what I do. I, I told him, I said, the way I think of it is that, like I sort of bump and nudge my my daughter's Dexcom line around. Like instead of having to make these grand, you know, adjustments, I right. just, I try to stay. So the way I handled it initially was by squeezing the threshold lines on the Dexcom, you know, mm -hmm. so we, we, mm -hmm. I, if she's, I think low is 70 and we have high at 130, but I'd like mm -hmm. to get, I'd like to get high to 120. And, mm -hmm. so, and so when people hear that, they go, Oh, well, doesn't it beep all the time? And I said, well, no, because Excuse me, I might edit that burp out later. I but, didn't even hear uh, it. Oh, you can't, oh, you that, totally uh, just outed yourself. I just I covered my mouth. I think I swallowed it. It was weird. Um, but <laughs> I don't I don't know how to burp. Well, I don't know what? how to. I, I, that was odd. Uh, nevertheless, so so people are like people are like it beeps all the time. I'm like no, it doesn't because I applied a different thing that I I learned in the past. And and let me let me say this to you: the the real gift of this podcast for me is is that. I learn how to do something. I get confident that it's right. I feel good enough to share it. Then I hear back from someone and how it helped them. That motivates me to continue to try to figure out more. And as I'm right. motivated to try to help other people, the, the dirty secret is, is I'm helping myself. You know, right. and so. Well, I think we all can help. You know, helping each other helps ourselves in the end. Uh, it's just incredibly true. And so I had figured out this one thing, which was. Uh, it, it, which was a saying that I, my son used to tell me his kindergarten teacher told him, you get what you expect. And it's such a, such a childish notion. But what I learned was if I set my daughter's high threshold at 220, I could keep her blood sugar under 220. And so I moved right. it to 180 and found that I could keep it under 180. I moved it to 150. I found I could keep it under 150. And then I was like, hey, it seems like no matter where I squeeze this line to, the, the, the information I now have inside of me is enough to stay there. So right. I pushed it down to 130 because, as I tell people all the time, if you react at 130, you can stop something before it gets out of control. If you're waiting until right. you're 250 to give yourself insulin, you've lost already. You, mm -hmm. you, you're now caught in the cycle. You're real high. Mm -hmm. You're going to give yourself a lot of insulin. You're probably not going to have the nerve to give yourself enough insulin. It's going to come down a little but not enough because we all know that you need more insulin when you're higher right. than you do when you're lower and blah, 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 blah. And then you get caught in this three-hour cycle. 
you finally get yourself down to 150, you're feeling like you're winning something, and it's time for lunch. And exactly. you, you're right. And then because you're starting at 150, it goes back up again, and you get caught in this cycle. And I don't think of it that way. I think of it as bumping the line. Right. Just always bump the line. Nudge it, bump it, keep it in this little space between 70 and 130. And well, and I was listening to another one of your podcasts, and you were talking about, you know, you become all of a sudden, like, I, I'm not going to repeat this properly because it's correct in my brain, but getting it to come out, you know, t- essentially talking about like if your high your notification is 180, like, you know, exactly what you were just saying that you, you're going to try and stay under 180. But then it was essentially talking about you know, what is, what is high, your expectations of high. Like, so if you're, you know, usually ranging 200, if you bring it down to 150, but like, is 150 still that great? You feel like a 150 is a great success. You know what success. I'm talking yeah, about? Because yeah. the doctor yeah. tells you, hey, your range is 80 to 180, right? right. Or, or if so you've got a little say, kid, they, they tell yeah. you 250 or whatever. So when you get to 180, you're like, oh, well, it's still in range. Meanwhile, it's double what somebody who's doesn't have that exactly. right. And exactly. so that when you go to 220, you're like, well, it's only a little above 180. And, you but know, and think about it. And now you're almost tripled exactly. what a normal yeah. blood sugar is. And so you talk, it's a very human thing. You talk yourself into it kind of subconsciously. Hey, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. This isn't bad. But instead, what I'm saying is without beating yourself up, because that's the other aspect of it. You can't, listen, if I tell you to keep your blood sugar at 100, but no one gives you any of the tools or the ideas to do that, then you're going to be caught in this horribly oppressive loop that is going to be depressing. Don't do that. Don't start the process without the tools. But once you have the tools, stop accepting the higher number. That's, I think, is is the goal. The goal is to get the tools and the ideas, have the experiences enough that you understand how the insulin is going to work, and then challenge yourself to bring your blood sugar down to where you want to keep it. Well, I, th- I mean, I think it's really important to, you know, know your ratio of your carb to insulin because that, like, know your correct ratio of your carb to insulin. Kayla, what if I told you I don't almost even care about that? Would you like to talk about that for a second? Yes. Okay. Well, because I really screwed myself over yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is where I really bring this up. Go ahead. Because I really screwed myself over yesterday because... I had a chocolate chip cookie Mm -hmm. and I, you know, gave myself what I, I mean, it was uh, the chocolate chip cookie was, Ooh, I don't know. Not that huge, but it was kind of thick. Mm -hmm. And I gave, I think I started off, I was a little high because I was an audition. I think I started off with maybe like three units of insulin, which for me, that would be 60 grams of carbs. Okay. If we're talking science. And it didn't work. And so then I gave myself probably another one point. I have a half unit pen. So maybe like another 1.5 units of insulin. Mm-hmm. And that didn't really work. But then I started dropping later. And then I was, you know, I got some little straight lines, straight arrows down. So then I ate the other half of the cookie. And then that started going. I was just on a really bad sugar surfing you found, wave. You found and the roller coaster. You got on the roller coaster. I was, I was yeah. on the roller coaster. I wasn't even on the wave anymore. I was so, on the roller coaster. So here's what I do if and, I'm you. Yeah. Okay, right? So I can tell you that right now I feel perfectly comfortable. If Arden is wearing an insulin pump and the infusion set is good, right? So we're, we're dealing on yep. kind of level ground as far as that goes. I would be comfortable giving Arden an unmeasured bowl of cinnamon toast crunch with whole milk and telling you I wouldn't let her blood sugar get above 120. 
yeah, I don't like you at all. Right. So, or I like you very much and I want to know please how tell you've me done why. it. Right. And so here's my <laughs> questions, right? You said you were a little high when you started eating the cookie. How, where was your yeah. blood sugar about? I can't, I mean, I can't exactly remember. No, you don't exactly. 140, it may be 150, 140, 150, okay. something like that. Right there. So then you took, you worried about the carbs. Like you're trying to guess the carbs in the cookie. Meaningless. Have you ever had the cookie in the past? How like, many, how I much mean, insulin does it take the last time? So forget the three units you thought. Right. But I right. haven't really had, I okay. haven't had one. I, we can, we can say I haven't had it before. Fair enough. Okay. I've had a bite. So when did you give your insulin in relation to when did you start exactly. eating the cookie? Exactly. Right before. Yeah. So you Problem never had a chance. Number one. Never had a chance. You, 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 what you did was you said to the roller coaster uh, conductor, please, Put me right up on the front of the roller coaster. I want the full experience in this ride. And you never gave yourself a chance. So what you, what I would have done, especially at 150 with a Dexcom, is I would have thought, first of all, how much insulin gets this 150 to 90? I would have taken right. that number. How much do I think this cookie is? I would have taken that number. I would have combined that and taken that amount of insulin. And then I would, right. have, and then I would have waited until you were diagonal down. And, and, then and move to about 120 diagonal down, and then I would have been comfortable with you eating the cookie. And then I bet that your blood sugar would have continued to fall to about 90, then the cookie would have hit you and pulled you flat, and you would have been done. So let's talk about this bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Go ahead. It's all time. It's all ready. I'm going to repeat. But I, it's all timing. No, it's all timing. Taking care of... I have, I have the concept of type 1 diabetes broken down into about four ideas for myself. So be bold with insulin. Don't be scared right. of it. No fear. And you need to make shirts right. that say that. I don't have time, that. Caitlin. I'm very busy. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking to you on the podcast. And then after this, I have to go over to my son's school and look at his senior <laughs> thing. Amazing Vacuum something. Store. I got to go over to the grocery store, but I will get around to it. So so okay. be, be bold with insulin. Don't be there. No fear. Don't have any fear. It, you know, the CGM obviously makes it all much simpler. Mm -hmm. um, but you can do it with more testing if you don't have a CGM. But, you know, use the technology you have. Um, you know, I think one big aspect of this is understanding how man-made insulin works in your body. If you don't understand mm -hmm. that, you're in trouble. So you need right. to know, I give myself this much insulin. It's going to take this much time before it affects my blood sugar. I would pre-bolus and do all the time. Sometimes on this podcast live, my daughter will come out of gym class say to me, hey, my blood sugar's 95, but I'm not going to be sitting and eating for 20 more minutes, but this is when we can talk, and we bolus for food then, mm. okay? And there I use an extended bolus, but mm -hmm. I'll say, say you need 10 units for lunch, I'll say 10 units, extend that, because you're 95, I need you moving, but barely moving when you sit down to eat. So let's do 20%, right. let's do 20% now, or 10% now, and the balance that over 30 minutes. So one, say you do 10%. One unit goes right. in, gets that 95 thinking about moving. About 20 minutes later is I know when the insulin's going to hit her. Now she's just gently starting to drop. And the balance of those other nine units have been slowly going in over the last 20 minutes. So just as the food hits her, the insulin's going to be kicking in again. And we're all good. So she's dropping while other insulin's beginning to work. While the food right. starts trying to affect your blood sugar. When you figure right. out how that insulin works in you, then it's just applying it. I would say that my other concepts are this. If your blood sugar is too high, 
you have had, you, you used not enough insulin or you mistimed it. And if your blood sugar is too low, you've used too much insulin or you've mistimed it. Exactly. It's all, Agreed. it's all the timing of the insulin. Agreed. So Agreed. that's it. So she, Arden can have a bowl of cereal and it's not a big deal. She eats pizza. We ordered a, we had a, a problem the other night where she came out of something and her blood sugar jumped on me out of nowhere. It went from like 120 and it was just flying up. And I, I think it was probably adrenaline. She left a practice or something, or she might've yeah. got dehydrated. And at the same time, my wife, un, we were coming from two different directions. My wife ordered Chinese food. <laughs> and I was like, really? So now I'm cheap. So what I'm really most concerned about is that the Chinese food's going to come, be expensive, and get ruined. So that's my goal. So I got Arden and I said, listen, that Chinese food's going to be here in a half an hour. You're 250 at this point. And I bolused heavily, double what, yeah. I, double what I thought would bring the 250 back to where it belonged. Because I wanted that 250 running downhill by the time the Chinese food got there. Right. And, and I got her to like 150 diagonal down in like 25 minutes. So she was she had way too much insulin going, right? Right. But that's not when you stop. That's not, you don't back up then. Then you double down. Then you're like, hey, I'm being ballsy. Let's really be ballsy. And oh my God. And you are so gutsy. Right, you right. gamble? And the, no, I can't stand gambling. Once I wanted a <laughs> slot machine, my wife won 200. We went to, we went to a, a, one and the only time my wife and I have ever been to a casino. We walked in. We hit $20 because we're so cheap. We got towards the end of the $20. She won $340 in a slot machine. We cashed out and left. We were there for 25 minutes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Oh, my gosh. But have you ever, with this method, have you ever had any scary scenarios? Uh, yeah, once a year-ish, maybe. But the dex, okay. the dex comes there, right? You're 150 diagonal down. So you I can know. cognitively think about it. She's 250. The 250 was going to take two units. She's going to have... Chinese food. The Chinese food's going to take nine units. So even if I give her four to get the insulin, the, get the blood sugar running downhill, she still needs eight more units, really. And right. so don't, don't be a baby now. Now the food's here. Put in the rest of the insulin, right? And if you're scared, let's say it was eight more units that she needed. If you're mm -hmm. scared of that, why don't you put in six of them? And double her basal rate for two hours. So the other two are coming in a different way. So you can okay. cancel the temp basal if you need to. Yeah, so so yeah. like you can kind of cheat. You can you can almost put two of the units on hold and then and then in right. 45 minutes go, you know what? She's sitting at like 75 eating Chinese food. Why don't we cancel that temp basal? And, right. and you know, it's just there's ways to manipulate it that when I was first, when she was first diagnosed, I do sometimes I say that like I have diabetes, but when she was first diagnosed, I didn't understand any of that. And right. it was so incredibly frustrating. Um, and it made me feel like I was never going to figure it out. But one day I just, you know, I decided not to be scared. And then the next day I figured out this. And then, you know, you figure out pre-bolusing. Then you figure out temp basling. And then once it all right. happens, if you're listening now and you're not doing any of these things, it probably sounds like I'm never going to understand all this. But I didn't understand any of it at one point either. And I just think that the most important thing you can do is not think of something that goes the way you don't want it as a mistake. I think right. you, I think you want to think of it as actionable data for later. I did right. this. Right, it's learning, it's learning experience. Yes, I did this, this happened, I wish that would have happened, so I probably should have used more or less, or I should have started it five minutes I sooner. Lo I love how Arden eats like a normal kid. Oh my God. You have no he idea. eats the way I ate she's when having, I, she's 13, right? She is having Nutella on a bagel for lunch today. Yeah, <laughs> and so, how? 
see, to me, I don't eat like a normal person. I follow the paleo diet. And a lot of it is because I, and I don't want to say I'm too lazy to figure it out. I'm not lazy, but I essentially know what these non-carb items or carby items are going to do to me. Right. So that's like the easiest way for me to deal with my diabetes. It's a path of least resistance for you. You just do like, exactly. But see, what I would say is this: is using the cookie as an example. You used three units. You didn't pre-bolus, and did you get low later? After you, <laughs> eventually, oh, I was on the I was on a full okay. roller coaster. So it turns out the three units was probably plenty. You just mistimed it. So uh-huh. if you would have taken those three units sooner. Oh, I know. I right? think that the three units was fine because, yeah. I mean, how many carbs is actually in a, like maybe 60 mm-hmm. in a cookie? Like maybe? Right. And you just have to sort of have the nerve to act in the moment. Like once you said, okay, I'm going up, so I'm going to give myself another unit and a half to try to, to – I'm assuming you were trying to fight off a spike. Uh, yeah. Knowing that this is probably going to be too much insulin, it's going to cut the top off the spike, but it's going to make me low later. See, then – what I would do then is that's where you really lean on the Dexcom. So on that three-hour line on the Dexcom, when you're looking at the three-hour graph, yeah. right, you start looking at the very end, the last three dots on the right side. And when those things start curling up or curling down, it is an indication of what's act. about to happen. Right. So when, when you saw those three dots start to curl down, you probably could have looked at your blood sugar and went, hey, you know what? I'm one, I, I got nice and level at 120 here or whatever. I'm pretty happy. But I bet you I need more carbs right now, and then yeah. and then, you know. That's well, because I think I got to I think it was like one eighty four straight line down, straight arrow down, mm-hmm. and then like I was like, is this real? Because sometimes the Dexcom will say it, and then the next reading it'll be like even or whatever. Right. Um, and then so I was like, is this real? So then it went to like one forty six straight down. So what I would say is this. And then I got two arrows down. Yeah, yeah. Here's what I would say about that because I know you're feeling like. Oh, it's, you know, I happened to me the other day. She's 131 down. And yeah. I was like, uh, do we want food here? Or what, what if I wait and it levels at 130? Like, what if this is just like the, the insulin just burned really quick for a second and she's going to take a drop and then boom, level out again. I don't want to be like adding insulin. But what I would say is this. I have treated an arrow in the past and been wrong and then had to go back with more insulin. But yeah, most of the time, it's pretty doable. Also, in that yeah. 180 straight down situation... That's when you pop out your meter and test and find out you're really exactly. already one, you're already 150 really, and right, and, right, and that right. it's trying to catch up and then you can really trust that arrow and that's where a tiny bit of like you know I don't know what whatever juice you use or something in a situation like that where eight ounces of that juice in an adult you would have probably just kind of neutered that arrow and you would have leveled off where you wanted to be. I've never right. said neutered the arrow before, but that's we, cool. We, I like that. Did. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so well, then I took a bunch of glucose because all I had with me were like glucose tabs and right. then I had a bunch of glucose tabs and I'm trying to like talk it through with my husband and it was just, I mean, it's, oh, whenever I'm in a dangerous, I just keep repeating, I'm in a dangerous situation right now. And he's think thinking, I'm in a dangerous he's thinking, you remember that time we went hiking, she wanted all that water. I should have left her up on that hill. <laughs> I know, so, yeah. right? <laughs> That girl, that girl started peeing a lot. I should have broke up with her probably. And I so. cannot. That's one of the things I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe 
he married me because of the craziness. Well, that the, you, we you were sick for so long and didn't know. And I listen. Let's be honest. You're young, and I'm assuming he's you know he's in musicals, a handsome gentleman, and and you oh know and and having a, an exciting life and everything. And he's like, I somehow hooked up with a dancing girl that pees all the time. You I know. know. <laughs> <laughs> he like lost the lottery. There were other but, girls <laughs> interested. What did I? Why I, did I get? No, I mean, it's, he's literally the best. And I ask him sometimes, I'm like, why, why did you stay with me after my diagnosis? Like, Mm -hmm. why did you stay with me? And it's as if it's no big deal to him. I mean, you met him. It's as if it's no big deal to him whatsoever. No, yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, We've brought this up on the show before, you know, especially when people have kids and I think they worry sometimes, you know, are, are, you know, are my children going to find a good mate? somebody that really cares about them and everything. And I think that it's out there. I think when, oh yeah, you know, absolutely. When, when someone's treating you poorly because of your type one, just that's not the right person. That's not the right person at yeah, all. I had on. a conversation with this woman um, and I was at physical therapy and this woman saw, I guess, saw my Dexcom. So I started talking to her about it. Her son has type one diabetes and he wouldn't wear, I guess he wore it for a little bit and then he stopped wearing, I think he's a freshman in college. And he's like, mom, what if I'm, you know, kissing a girl and she's like, Ooh, what's that? You know, and gets weirded out by it. Yeah. And I'm like, well then he, a, he shouldn't be kissing anybody who mm-hmm. doesn't know he has diabetes. And he, then that's the right. He shouldn't be kissing her anyways, because she's not a very nice person. Yeah. And I think it, it would be much weirder 10 years from now to explain to her that you've been hiding a serious illness from her. Oh, can <laughs> you imagine? Yeah, yeah, right. Can you so, imagine? Right. I mean, right now I do very much look a little robotic because I wear them both. I'm wearing my pod and my Dexcom on my like upper, upper, upper butt area, lower back area. Mm-hmm. And it, it does. I look a little bit like I'm going to have to find, I think, a new pattern for them. But um, I do look a little robotic and I can't imagine a trying to hide this or b not being with somebody who is as would secure as okay I am with it. it. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say this. I, um, there are times when I, I hug my daughter or you, know, you reach out for something like that and you, you know, there's an insulin pump there, like, you know, the sensor from the Dexcom's there mm-hmm. and you hit it. And in the beginning, it, it was a little like, oh God, I'm, I wish she didn't have to do this, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think of it that way anymore. Like, I don't, no. like, I really don't feel like that. I just think that it's just, it's her situation. It's who she is. It's, you know, it's, it's the best thing we have available to help her, you know, and, and why, yeah. why would we ignore the best thing we have available? It just doesn't. Oh, make and sense. it helps so much. Yeah. It's a life changer. Both of these devices are absolute. Well, I know definitely from the Dexcom, it's a complete life changer mm-hmm. and the Omnipod seems like it will be a life changer, but these allow us to live our our lives and not have diabetes as the number one thing next week we can be arden we can be caitlin yeah absolutely be yourself and and, and, and to your earlier point about how you feel when your blood sugar is high be the person who you authentically would be if you weren't if your body wasn't being manipulated by this man-made insulin that's bringing your blood sugar up and down if if you know if you know the simple act of having a bite of a cookie wasn't raising your blood sugar having the thoughts and feelings and and reactions that you would have if you weren't, you know, it's such Absolutely. such a big deal to be, to get to be yourself, you know, and Absolutely. if that means Absolutely. you have to have something stuck on your, uh, on your belly or on your arm or your leg or your butt or wherever it's FDA approved to be. Um, so, so be it. You know, yeah, so yeah. Be it. Go, go with it. You know what I mean? Do it. Do exactly. what works. And, and then, you know, going back to your beginning 
question about, you know, you said you have a lot of young reader or young listeners, not young readers, young listeners who, you know, want to be dancers, but are worried about their insulin pump, you know, and getting in the way and not wearing it. It doesn't, you, you can do whatever you want. Thanks to these tools. Yeah. Well, I could not imagine being in, being in the, you know, dance community and not having these tools. The Dexcom has made it so much easier to mm-hmm. perform. Yeah. And it's what's keeping me performing are, is this tool. And Caitlin, do this for me because we're right up on an hour. So brag yeah. for a sec, brag for a second. What What are some of the shows you've been in? Um, okay, well, I danced with the Boston Ballet, Pennsylvania Ballet, and Suzanne Farrell Ballet for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I was in uh, the national tour of Flashdance the Musical, Dirty Dancing, the live story on stage. And um, little dancers singing in the rain, lots of stuff. And then I work in the city. I work, um, I, I do, well, I work at this place called Ballet Beautiful, which is a fitness type um, method that gives you a ballet-like body. And we do, um, we train like all the Victoria's Secret models, lots of actors, um, lots of fashion people. But what I really love doing is I work with students. So I teach for the jo- uh, Joffrey Ballet Musical Theater Program, mm-hmm. which my husband helped. Um, he directs, co-directs with his partner, Matthew, business partner, Matthew. And um, I also am coaching. There's this new web docu-series called Joffrey Elite that's on YouTube that my husband and his business partner have um, created. And so I work with the Joffrey Elite uh, dancers and coach them on their uh, – they follow 10 dance students from Joffrey Ballet School and they've named them the, the group, the Joffrey Elite. And so I uh, train them and coach them on their pieces for competitions. And it's so much fun. It just started. Um, they've had two episodes out so far, and it comes out every Friday on I just, YouTube. I just think it's important because, you know, when you're given the advice, it's not, you know, you're not, not that not that it would matter one way or the other, but you're not, you know, holed up in a wall, you know, a hole in the wall in New York hoping to make it. Like you're, oh, this is yeah. in practice applied ideas. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's funny that I was recently on a guesting. I was doing a Nutcracker in Dallas, Texas this past December. And the director of the school, uh, I had never been there before. And a a partner brought me there to dance with him. And uh, the director of the school, which I found out he has like stage some, he has cancer, like stage four liver cancer. No, not liver cancer. I can't remember what cancer colon cancer or something he has he has cancer and i he looks like you know the healthiest person and he found out i had diabetes and he was totally shocked Hmm. because i you know to him i looked like the perfect picture of health and you know i'm smiling and dancing and he had no idea so it's just another thing to not let it get um let your life you know, don't let it dictate your life. I think it's, it's important to say that you are the picture of health. You just have type one diabetes too. And also Caitlin, we have found the title for this show very much by mistake in the very last minute of it. I think I'll be calling this one. Caitlin did a nutcracker in Dallas. I think that's great. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little sexy and weird and it'll definitely make people wonder what it's about. So I did did do a nutcracker in Dallas. very it's much funnier when you say it but great so. it was 
so nice to talk to you. You know what, you too. I really do. I really do appreciate you doing this and and rescheduling. I know you you were oh, really kind and let me reschedule on time. So thank you very very much. Thank you for letting me reschedule as well. Oh please, what am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you to Omnipod and Dexcom for continuing to support the Juicebox podcast with your ads. You can learn more at myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Thanks very much to Caitlin for coming on and sharing her story. We really appreciate it. I will be back next week with another episode of the Juicebox podcast. Oh, and one last thing. I recently found out that the Phoenix Children's Hospital uh, gives a pamphlet to diagnose newly diagnosed people with type 1 diabetes. And they've included the Juicebox podcast as a community resource. Thank you very much. If you guys are listening, and I think maybe you are, I really appreciate that. Moreover, I appreciate you guys seeing the value in community and sharing it with your patients. Phoenix Children's Hospital, shout out.